Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. I, it will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant which they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to one another, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. I am so glad to see you here this morning. I mean, people have been staying up to watch the ball games, right? <laughs> if you have to nod off, you have permission. And if you stayed up late enough last night, did, as beautiful as it is, it is out here, did anybody hear it thunder? <laughs> well, you know what's next. There is a, uh, a production and manufacturing business philosophy called JIT. It means just in time. Some call it the Toyota production system because it originated and developed in Japan in the 60s and the 70s with a... Uh, the Toyota manufacturing. It's meant to be able to handle inventories uh, efficiently. At one time, to ensure the production lines were always running smoothly and without interruption, manufacturers, they acquired substantial quantities of uh, materials, more than enough, many more times than was needed, and they kept restocking always more than what was needed to make sure the production line was not interrupted. Well, there's a problem with that traditional method of, uh, of manufacturing because it requires huge amounts of money to be kept in, in flow. Warehouses are needed to keep the material. You've got to have some place to store it, right? And if you have a lot of standing inventory, you have built-in risks like fire and flood and wind and Yes, theft from employees. You remember the old Johnny Cash song, some of you may, one, what, one piece at a time, where the man in the song each day takes a piece of a car out of the business until he is able to build him a Cadillac. These risks, they raise the cost of the manufacturing because they have to be insured. And then there's always the possibility that the manufactured items might have to be delayed if there are new innovations so you don't waste the inventory. Well, JIT manufacturing certainly is not perfect, but all in all, it seems to be cost-effective, and it's a method of manufacturing is a way to increase profitability. Now, why in the world would I talk about JIT this morning? Well, I'm glad you asked. Our reading from Jeremiah today is, a, is about God's gift of grace, but it's grace given in God's economy. In this Old Testament story, we read about the failure of the Israelites able to keep the Mosaic Covenant, the Ten Commandments. So God and God's good wisdom decided to 
promise the Israelites a new covenant. It was a covenant where the, the law of God would not be written on two tablets of stone, but written in their hearts. In other words, this new covenant would be where one would people would not have to make sure that every I was dotted and every T was crossed. God is creating a covenant that's moving from rules to relationship. This covenant would be one where we would know in our hearts and in our consciousness from God's own spirit if we are loving God the way God needs to be loved and if we're loving others as we love ourselves. This new covenant would be a lot like the, the family circus comic strip where big brother is talking to little brother and he says, conscience, little brother, is like mommy telling you not to do something, but she just isn't there. Well, in this new covenant, the spirit of the law is within us, even though the rules are not before us. Now, to be sure, the church has understood the coming of Jesus as the major fulfillment of this covenant. But even under the covenant of Christ, we are not daily uh, remembering the great ark of covenantal principles of grace we're more interested in experiencing grace in our lives each day and grace is, uh, grace is given to us in doses as we need in fact part of the new covenant where God's law is written on the hearts is where we experience grace when we need it so as to maintain our relationship with God and to realize that God is God and we are not in other words, God's economy operates a little bit like JIT principle because God didn't make us to be great reservoirs, able to store up great quantities of love and joy and, and grace and faith. Instead, God gives God's good grace to us when it is needed, empowering us to love God with all that we are and love our neighbors as ourselves. We catch a little bit of this, the glimpse of this just-in-time grace in the Old Testament book of Exodus. You remember when the Israelites were wandering in the desert? Well, there was a time when they were wandering and they were hungry and there was no food. And God provided them manna from heaven, but God provided it just in time. God provided it on a daily basis. And they were to reap and uh, harvest the manna for one day. If they tried to do more, it would just spoil they came to understand eventually that God cared for them and God would come on time and in time to meet their needs. We also hear about this just-in-time grace with verses like the one from Isaiah that says, Oh, Lord, be gracious to us. We wait for you. Be our arm every morning. And from Lamentations, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. Jeremiah seemed to have the J.I.T. principle in mind when he said, he spoke of God as the strength every morning of our salvation in times of distress. Jesus spoke about this. He said, don't worry about the things that you'll eat or wear or drink. Your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. And then he said, pray give us this day our daily bread. Consider bread for a minute, if you will. Food scientists have figured out how to add preservatives and to store-bought bread to prolong its freshness for a week or so. But if you've ever baked your own bread or used fresh loaves from the bakery, you understand why 
Before preservatives, bread needed to be made every day because bread didn't keep. One of my favorite things to do when I've been on mission trips to uh, Latin America and probably other cultures too, but one I experienced was in, in Costa Rica, is to go to the bakery every morning to get a fresh loaf of bread. It's tradition of the culture there. Now, to be sure, BOGO is all the rave, right? Okay, I mean, it's good stewardship. Buy one, get one free. So you buy one loaf of bread, you get one free. So you have to freeze it, right? It's okay to freeze and preserve bread, but it just doesn't taste like fresh bread, does it? Bread from the oven for a few hours afterward. It's wonderful food. But soon after those first several days, it gets stale. Of course, you can keep the mold away by not sealing up the bread, but for centuries, the only way people had to get good, tasty food was to make it every day, make bread every day. And I think this goes to Jesus saying, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our, the blessings that we need for immediate use to be your people in the world in which we live. This present moment, our strength comes from the Lord each and every day. People in recovery for addiction know this firsthand. You see, getting clean uh, from addiction is the easier part of the journey. It's not easy, but it's easier because, you see, after we get clean, then life happens. And this is why recovering addicts pray, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference just for today. And a lot of 12-step programs will end it saying, keep coming back because it works if you work it. In other words, God's grace for daily bread requires us to return to God each and every day. Now, an important thing about just-in-time grace is it's not solely for the past. A pastor prayed a prayer once, saying, We thank thee, O Lord, for the blessings you've given us. But, O Lord, we know we cannot live on the past, so please give us today what we need. But neither is just-in-time grace solely for the future. While in Nazi prison for resisting Hitler, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, I believe that God will give us all the strength we need to help resist all the time, but God never gives it in advance, lest we should try to rely on ourselves and not God alone. You know, considering the, the constant unease we have in our world today, the, um, the danger of terrorist threats, nuclear capabilities, we're worried about our children and grandchildren being safe when they go to school, financial stability, job security. It goes on and on. We would do well to experience daily grace. Now, to be sure, it'd be great just to have a lifetime of assurance, wouldn't it? But then that would keep us from practicing daily relationship with God, daily prayer with God. And we need to be able to practice it before a crisis occurs. And when we practice beforehand, we're ready when it comes. It's much like the church council meeting where the, the air was filled with anxiety and, and anger and tempers began to flare. And someone said, why don't we just stop and pray? And someone said, well, has it come to that? <laughs> they just weren't ready for it. 
Give us today our daily bread is a plea for day-by-day provisions, not for a lifetime of security. When I taught the course of the Jesus Creed, the author of the curriculum spoke about the eating habits of lions and hummingbirds. Now, what I know about lions, not much, but I do know this, they go for the big meal. They, go, they eat a lot at one time, and they lay around and sleep and burp for three or four days. The hummingbird, on the other hand, will take just enough nectar from the feeder or the flower. That same hummingbird will return to that feeder or that flower 40 or 50 times a day. You know, I think too many of us live as if we were lions gobbling down one big dose of God during worship for it to last all week. But we know that's not right. We know we can't grow in grace with that. We're to be more like hummingbirds. We need a daily diet of that spiritual nectar if we're going to live the lives our Lord wants us to live. Give us today our daily bread. In short, it's a powerful expression of our dependence upon God. But there are other ways to say it too. Lord, give me the forgiveness I need for today. Give me the... um, the resources, uh, the energy, the courage to be your people in the world today. Help me be faithful just for today, O oh God. The challenge for us is to have faith that God does come on time and in time. The key to having grace when we need it is to stay connected to the divine supplier through means of grace which we see offered to us through the church through worship through Holy Communion, through prayer and Bible study, small group meetings, being in relationship with each other, and then going out and being compassionate and acting in uh, mercy and justice, uh, in, with mercy and justice in the world. The new covenant written upon our hearts and not upon stones is about relationship. We're beyond rules, and to grow in relationship, we have to show up, don't we? We just show up day by day, whether it's for a moment or a minute. We show up and we pray, and we pray God's good grace will be given to us. As we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, as we love our neighbors, as we love ourselves, we are responding to the gift of God's law of love written upon our hearts. Let us pray. Day by day, O Lord, of you three things we pray. To see you more clearly, to love you more dearly, and to follow you more nearly. O God, day by day. I pray this in the name of Jesus. He who reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's good people said,